How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits? Every week our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now here's your host, Brad Costanzo. There you are. Welcome back to the show. I am excited to bring another episode to you. And today is probably going to be more exciting for me than you, honestly, if um, you get half as much out of this as I intend to, well then consider that a bonus. Because today I have got a there's really an interesting coincidence around the guest that I've got on today. So her name is Sarah Shaw, and I got an email from Sarah, oh, maybe about a month ago, and we started talking about, you know, what she's done in business and, you know, potentially having her on my show. I was like, you know, this seems really interesting, and I think this will, um, I think I can definitely uh, pull a lot of value for you, my listeners, out of this out of this episode. Well, it just so happened in the meantime, between the time where I agreed to interview Sarah for the show and right now, there is a very specific thing that I'm going to be asking Sarah about. See, I was just given equity in a brand new business directly marketed to women, and it is a product that it is going to be a mass consumable product, and we're going to have a lot of fun in launching this. So I'm helping to spearhead the marketing for a female entrepreneur. And it is one of the areas that I've got a lot of experience in marketing, but this is not the area where I excel. And it just so happens that my guest today, Sarah Shaw, does. So this was a happy coincidence. So you are going to sit in while I hopefully pick her brain clean. But in the meantime, you're going to hear about what can be what can be done when you have an idea, when you have a product, when you've got a drive or a passion to put yourself out there. If you are a one of my you know, fabulous women listeners to this, pay super close attention because in just some of the offline talks I've had with Sarah, she's going to blow you away. So a little bit of background. So she's a fashion entrepreneur. So right there, ladies, you sh- your ears should be perking up. She's a product designer and she's a business coach. She's got 20 years of experience and six companies under her belt. She has built a treasure trove of secrets for launching your line, getting your products into stores, boutiques, and getting your products, which I love, to A-list celebrities, these influencers, and getting massive publicity to grow your company quickly. So her products have been in over 1,200 stores and boutiques around the country, including Anthropology, Nordstrom, Barney's, Henri Bendel, Fred Siegel, Neiman Marcus, Saks, and Bloomingdale's. She's been in the pages of almost every major fashion magazine, including InStyle, People, US Weekly, Lucky, Elle, WWD, Marie Claire, and The O-List. And she's been on TV shows like Access Hollywood, Extra, E-Network. She's been interviewed on Entrepreneur.com, Forbes, and American Express's Open Forum. She's also the founder and CEO of Entrepreneur. That's E-N-T-R-E-P-R-E-N-E-T-T-E which you can go to the .com version, which is her website. But here's where she teaches product designers and fashion entrepreneurs how to launch, market, and sell their products. In the meantime, she's got seven-and-a-half-year-old identical twin girls who I'm sure keep her very, very busy living in Durango, Colorado after a massively successful career in Los Angeles. Without any further ado, Sarah Shaw, welcome to Bacon Wrap Business. 
Oh, so happy to be here, Brad. Yeah, no, as, as I mentioned earlier, I was really excited about this because, you know, of the of the project that I'm working on, and I'm very passionate about this. I think it's going to be amazing. I'm working with a female entrepreneur, which I think we need more of in this world. And um, interestingly, I just read an article. I think it was it was either Mar- maybe Kevin O'Leary or one of the sh- one of the sharks from Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. Literally just read this where he said the one big thing he banks on are the female entrepreneurs. Have you, mm-hmm. I don't know if you came across this. I haven't, but you know, women in two, well, the 2012 was the last kind of census done on women business owners and, and women uh, launched over 400,000 businesses in between 2010 and 2012. And that was twice the rate of men. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing the trends that we're seeing. Uh, one of my former guests and a good friend of mine named Kelly Fidel, who is mm-hmm. I, don't I know, know Kelly. Cool. Yeah. So, so you know, Kelly's a good friend. We've talked a lot about this. I went and supported her at her uh, No Glass Ceiling mm-hmm. event, where it is uh, you know just talking all about the the power of female entrepreneurs and also the power of female consumers. Yes. I mean, honestly, I'm stepping into a world of marketing to women. Yeah. And. I'm a little bit out of my element, but <laughs> they control eighty percent of the household sp- spending. Right, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like slapping myself in the forehead, going, "Why yeah. am I not? Mar- why am I not marketing to women?" Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, Kevin O'Leary. Here, here it was. He said, uh, "Whoops, okay, there." It actually turned on the volume. I'll, I'll send you this link. I'll actually put it in the show notes. But it said right here, he um, he says the the keys. To getting, you know, I hate when you go to a website and it's like they automatically play these videos that. Oh yeah, so annoying. Okay. Nobody ever do that. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But he he starts talking about. Um, here's what he said: One hundred percent of my returns in the last six years have come from companies run by women. There's an old adage that says, "If you want to get something done, give it to a busy mother." Mm-hmm. Yep. He says, he goes, that's me. Yep, exactly. He's less interested in how it's happening. He speculates that women are more mindful of risk and better at time management, both crucial for companies in the Shark Tank pool. I don't care why. I care about financial results. So this year on Shark Tank, I'm investing in a lot of women. Mm-hmm. So this just came out September 25th. It'll be in the show notes. I'll send it to you as well. Awesome. But so that being said, give me a little bit of your backstory and why, you know, your, your kind of journey. And then I want to get into some very specific uh, strategies on launching a new brand, a new unknown brand of a product into the marketplace when you are a complete unknown. Sure. Okay. My story is really long, so I'm going to give you the five-minute condensed version. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. This just, um, this just builds up that Okay, I really need to pay attention to what she says after exactly, this. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Five minutes, folks. Okay, so I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. I'm fourth generation that we know of, but I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I did not have an entrepreneurial bone in my body. I babysat as a kid, but that was it. Like, I, you know, my brothers were like building cars and bikes and selling them and all. And I was like, whatever, I'm just going to babysit kids and. I have zero desire. It just didn't was it didn't seem like it was the gene had been passed on to me. So my both my grandmothers were in the fashion industry. One of them had a really big bathrobe company in New York on Seventh Avenue from like the twenties through the sixties when she died. And um and Catherine Hepburn wore 
one of her bathrobes in the Philadelphia story. So that was one, one, one big celebrity, you know, That's uh, cool. that wore one of my grandmother's uh, outfits. And then my uh, maternal grandmother had a clothing store on Madison Avenue in New York. Um, that's where I'm originally from. And, uh, and she, um, I'm sure you've all seen, and you could probably stick this picture in the, on the podcast, but the little blue coat that JFK Jr. wore when he saluted his dad's casket. Yeah, of course. My grandmother made that. And, um, really? yeah, <laughs> and we have the, when my, my bro, one of my brothers has, has the only other jacket like that. They made two and, um, they t- only needed one. So my grandmother gave my, my second brother the coat. So we have so So both of my grandmothers, you know, designed something that celebrities wore, right? You know, and um, so I went on to um, college and, you know, still had never really had any other job but babysitting. (laughs) And, uh, and so I go to college and I'm a French lit major. And I wanted to be a simultaneous translator at the UN and travel the world. And that was my plan. And somehow I fell into costume design because it was a class I wasn't going to have to write any papers for. <laughs> so I decided to take this costume design class. I ended up loving it. So I double majored in costume design in French lit. And I moved to LA. So I'd given up on the whole translator thing. And I decided I wanted to be a costume designer on Broadway. So I needed to go to, to get my master's degree. So I thought, well, I'll just my sister lived in LA already. And she's like, why don't you come out here? These costume designers I know from this TV movie I was working on said they can help you get going and blah, blah, blah. And you've got nine months, you know, to wait till you can get into graduate school anyway. So, you know, what are you going to do? And I was working in a clothing store and, you know, wasn't really going anywhere with that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to move to LA. So I packed up my stuff, moved to LA and um, got this job working in the costume business. And um, you start out in these big costume houses and that's how you get in the union and everything. So of course I got in the union in 30 days and it was kind of this whole charmed scenario. (laughs) It doesn't happen to everybody that easily. It was just good timing, right? So I start working in the movie business and I'm making money and I applied to NYU and I got a full scholarship and I delayed a whole year. And I was like, nobody in Hollywood even cares that I went to high school, let alone college or a master's degree. Exactly. So <laughs> I was like, why am I going to waste two more years of my life? And even though it's free. So anyway, I ended, I never went to graduate school and um, I think my mom is still crying about that, but um so I, I stayed in LA and I did costumes for movies um, for about 11 years. And I thought, this is my career, right? I'm going to live and die in the costume business and I'm going to get my pension and my lifetime medical insurance and all these you know, great perks that you get. Halloween and, had to be easy for you, though. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Either that or you hated Halloween. I hate Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I have my kids and I'm in the middle of making costumes for them right now. Are, are they, do they have the best costumes in school? Uh, they usually they better. have pretty good ones. I yeah. was going to say, they better. You, <laughs> yeah. It's almost like being, you know, Michael Jordan's kid. You better be good at basketball. <laughs> exactly. Or some sport. Right. Exactly. exactly. So the pressure's on a little bit <laughs> right now. <laughs> and, um, about to get the sewing machine out. And, uh, and I'm, I have to say just for anyone listening, you really don't even need to be able to sew if that, if that's what your product line is. So, um, and uh, so anyway, I worked in the film business and then towards the end of my career in, in the film business, after about 11 years, I came up with this idea for a handbag 
And I kind of sat on the idea for a year because I was like, why am I going to quit my cushy job and all the money and the perks and all these fancy people I get to be around and famous, you know, celebrities and stuff. And why am I going to go start handbag company when I know zero about the fashion industry? So anyway, I was getting kind of discouraged with my job. So I decided that I was going to start this business at night and on the weekends. And I did. And somehow it just magically took off. (laughs) I created this little bag that had never been seen before. And it was cut with pinking sheer edges, you know, the zigzag scissors. And it was just this funky little tote bag. And it just took off like wildfire. Okay. But when you say that, you skipped a Like, what's the first thing you did? Okay. I got my bag. It's cool. Where, um, well, I went. I called. Who was the first? Yeah, buyer besides okay. like a relative. So the um, I first uh, did this in secret, right? And I had been working for this costume designer for same one for about six years, and she was like, we were really good friends and used to hang out and go to dinner and stuff. But I never had time for her anymore. And she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing something I can't tell you about. <laughs> and so finally one night I was like, let's go out tomorrow night. I'm going to show you this thing I've been working on, my secret. So we go to a a restaurant and we sit at the bar and have dinner at the bar. I have my purse on the counter right next to me. And meanwhile, she's just freaking out. I thought it was so cute, which I was completely flattered about. And this woman comes up to us at the restaurant and says, where did you get that bag? And Ah, I just sat there staring at her like she was a monster. And I'm sure I was like every shade of purple. And my friend's like, "She, she made it. She's the designer. And then, of course, I wanted to just hide under my stool. And um, so this woman just went on to say how amazing this bag was and that she was a buyer at a store at this big mall down the street, but that they only imported stuff from Europe. So she couldn't actually buy my bag, even though she wished she could. But she's like, go with this. You have a really hot item. So that was kind of my impetus to feel like other than my friend, you know, this pretty famous costume designer other than her nobody else had seen it and I was just you know it's one of those things where you're like is anyone other than my mother gonna like this and um and so that sort of gave me my um my impetus to start the brand and kind of gave me the courage to feel like it actually had legs you know that this buyer was interested in it so um, because I shopped for a living, uh, working in the film business, I did costumes for movies, right? Um, I knew every store owner in town in L.A. Mm. And so I went to see a couple of really swanky boutiques that I knew the owner, and they're on trendy streets there. And the stores, you know, are in are in magazines all the time, and celebrities shop there and, you know, stuff like that. So I just begged them. I said, take it on consignment. You don't even have to buy it. Just take them on consignment. I just want to be, I mean, thinking to myself, all it matters is that I can say that these stores have my product, right? Right, and, yeah. And because it's nobody's business that it's on consignment. Nope. That, so, and that, and that's, that's such a cool strategy, by the way. So few people actually think about that. Like you're, you were playing the long game. You were yep. thinking, okay, well, it's much more important to get that, the branding there, the recognition, the ability exactly. to say that. Yeah, so that's, that's awesome. And when you could send stores, call you know, because back this was 1998. Yeah. So really no stores were on email at this point. And, you know, like this Google didn't exist and there was no social media. And (laughs) it was it was like the olden days. And um, but we didn't know any different, you know. And so um, to be able to call other stores and say, oh, you know, 
these these specific stores in LA have my products and you know I thought they'd be good for your store too they're like oh well fancy's dancy you know I'll <laughs> take it too you know I don't want to be left in the dust and so that was how I started to build my business in the beginning and and then I you know I because I had worked in the film business for so long I had a lot of friends that worked on other TV shows and movies and stuff and so I went to I just thought the the way to build a brand is to get as many people wearing your product or using it, right? Because then, mm-hmm. especially women, just so you know, with yep. your new female-oriented product, women love to share information. Yeah, they cannot wait to tell each other. It's like a, like if somebody walked up to you and said, "Oh, hey, gosh, wow, I love your, you know, that's such a nice tie." You'd probably just say, "Thanks." Whereas women would say, oh, really? You like it? Oh, my God. I got it at Nordstrom's. It was on sale. And you've got to go talk to my girl over there. And she's going to hook you up. And they, like, go on and on, you know, because they want to tell you the whole story. Exactly. So there's a very different way that men and men and women communicate. And I knew that when launching this new brand that – and I didn't even think of it as a brand. This was all instinctual. I had zero idea what I was doing, just to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, well – the more people I can get wearing my product, the more people are going to know about it and women are going to talk about it because it wasn't like they could go post it on Facebook or anything. So, um, and, uh, um, you know, Zuckerberg was like in junior high at this point. (laughs) And, uh, and so anyway, I, I started to go to TV sets and I wasn't looking for celebrities or anything. I just wanted, I knew there'd be a lot of women working on these shows. And so I would go at lunchtime and when I could get a day off or in between jobs I had and stuff. And I would just go to these movie sets and, you know, put my stuff out on a table and I'd sell like 10 bags or something. And I'd be really happy and I'd leave. And then I did it again the next week. And I started to call um, offices and people I knew that worked in big companies in L.A. You know, most of the people I knew worked in the film business. They were, you know, agents or secretaries or something at a talent agency. And I'd go and set up in a conference room there and, and I kind of did all that sort of guerrilla marketing in the beginning just to get people walking around town carrying my stuff, yeah. you know, and, and it really worked. And, and, it's, and, you know, in a way, it kind of hurt my sales in L.A. in the long run. But I didn't care ultimately in the end because I sold all over the country. Why did um, it hurt your sales in the long well, run? Well, I think a lot of stores got hip to the fact after a couple of years that I like I used to do these huge sample sales. I mean, I would do sample sales and in like three hours, I'd make eight to twelve thousand dollars. So you know, real quick, costs. explain what a sample sale is for people so, who may not know. Sample sales are end of season sales, and it really started in New York. And and you know d- most designers, I, I'm not talking like you know Balenciaga and those kind of haute couture designers, but you know from Kate Spade and Theory and all these contemporary designers, they usually do once a year. They'll do a big blowout or twice a year at the end of the season, and they'll just sell everything off that they have left, you know, at cost or somewhere between cost and wholesale. And it's really just to recoup as much money as you can, get rid of the merchandise and spread the wealth and get more people wearing your products. And I had seen this in New York and I had been to sample sale companies in New York and nobody in LA was doing it. And I was like, I'm going to do this in LA. This is such a great idea, you know? And Kate Spade's brand was pretty new at the time. And um, we, she started about a year before I did. And so I was kind of watching her, you know, what she was doing and trying to, you know, emulate anything that she did. I was like, well, she's starting to make tons of money. Then all of a sudden her bag came out in Clueless, right? So they, uh, and that, that um, having her bag in Clueless. Is, is that what, what launched really, her? 
Yes. Nice. And so her business went from like 500,000 to like 1.5 or 2 million within a year. Wow. And um, that's actually, believe it or not, what gave me the idea to start getting products to celebrities. Even though I had worked with all these celebrities for all these years, it never actually occurred to me. And um, and then another, then the same costume designer I'd been working with, with, the one who I showed the bag to first, she was complaining to me after I had quit that she, that she was being forced to use all these Donna Karen clothes in a movie um, and that she was just told by the studio that Donna Karen was giving all these clothes to the film and that she had to find a way to use them on the main actors in the show. And she was kind of angry about it because she didn't really feel it was the right choice, but she didn't, you know, she had got to do what your boss tells you. And, um, and so I thought, wow, if these big designers are doing the same thing, right? Kate Spade had already come out with Clueless and then all these big designers are now stepping up and wanting to dress celebrities. I was like, this is a really good idea. I, you need to get on this sister. And so that's kind of what gave me the second impetus. You know, I mean, I thought the Kate Spade was a good idea, but I didn't really do anything about it. But as soon as I heard about Donna Karen, I was like, this is going to be big money. And so I concentrated a lot of my effort on getting products to celebrities and, um, and, you know, I just decided that I was going to be bold about it. And I'm a lot bolder than some people may feel comfortable being, but I just, as soon as I would get something to someone and I would get the, you know, um, an email or, or a phone call or some kind of confirmation saying that they had the product, I just went all out. I printed up flyers and sent them to all my stores that I was selling to. And, um, at, by this point we were, we had a website and we were doing some email some beginning email marketing with Constant Contact, which was the only company at that time. And uh, we were paying for uh, Yahoo AdWords, and we had this guy managing this for us. And so we, our website was starting to build traction pretty quickly, and we were spending about $1,200 a month on, on Yahoo AdWords at the time. And But, I mean, within three months, he got us from, like, 3000 to 20000 in sales. So who, who cared about the 1200 in advertising money? Yeah. So, and... So we were, you know, and then every time we got a different celebrity, we would put, put the picture on the homepage of our website and then also put it on the on the page of whatever item it was that we had given them. So the sales, the sales page for that particular item. And we still, you know, there's still no social media. And um, and then we would put flyers in every box that would go out to stores, you know, so we would do big mailers to stores just with just the flyer. Hey, we just got our stuff to these three celebrities and we'd put pictures of the celebrity with the product. We didn't have necessarily a photo of them with our product, but we could put a photo of of the product and then just a picture of their face. Mm. And that stores just started eating it up with a spoon. You know, you started putting those pictures where? We started doing just like a, we did like a Photoshop document and nice. we would mail it to them. And then every time we would ship an order to them, we would put it in the box. So those, the ones that went in the boxes were changing all the time. Like we would do um, a flyer that would have like mini pieces of our press that we had. Cause I got tons of press, as you mentioned before, you know, so it might be a new placement in L or people or, you know, the, being on the O list or something, which was huge for us. 
Um, and we did these sort of mini versions where on a piece of paper we could do four different pieces of press, right? Divide the paper into quarters and do four pieces of press on one side and then celebrities on the other. And then one little box would there be a little contact us box with some information to get in touch with us to place an order just in case they didn't have it handy. You want to give it to them all the time. And those like little, they kind of like a blow-in in a magazine, right? We called yeah. them our blow-ins. We would just, they'd go in every single box and we had one for our online shoppers and then one for our stores. Okay, and, so so I just, and I want to just dial in on that a little more. So you'd take the, uh, on the blow-ins, there would be, you know, the products, et cetera, but then you would put celebrities on there. Now these are celebrities, you said they, they, they weren't pictures of the celebrities with the bags, but they were celebrities right. on there. Who um, we got product to. Yeah, who we got product to. So it's kind of that inferred yes. endorsement, right? I love that. Correct. Yeah. And and you never want to say, unless a celebrity gives you a quote, you'd never want to make something up, sure. right? But to say that, you know, or you would never even want to say, oh, you know, Jennifer Aniston loves our bag. Well, you don't, unless she said that to you, you'd never say it. But you can say she has our bag. Yeah, you, you know point. what I mean. So it's a very, it's a slight difference. <laughs> you didn't say she bought our bag, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if she it. did, then you could say that. Yeah. You know, um, but I would, I would always. We just kind of deferred to the word "has." Yep. Um, you know, unless we got a note from somebody, and if if you ever get a thank you note, that you scan that thing and put that up on oh. your web on your website, post it everywhere, you know, and 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 fix it up with a picture of the celebrity. And um, but so you would ma- you would mail the bags to. We would mail the bags to the celebrities. Now, would, yep. would you do that via like their agent, or would you do that through like, their the manager student? or publicist? Okay. Yeah, it, it, agents are really just money people and contracts. Okay. And so they don't really care about the social aspect so much of the celebrity, mm-hmm. whereas the manager and the publicist are more interested in their lifestyle and how they're perceived by the public. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. so yeah, I, I love using the blow-ins. Then, did that get? Um, did, did that help you get you guys gain traction or did you notice oh anything? god we would all, i mean every time we would put stuff in people's you know when for our online shoppers what we often did was the blow-in would have either some press on it and celebrities like whatever was the latest thing we had going you know um and then it would also have a coupon code for them to use on their next purchase yeah so that we could always track Right, because we change those coupon codes with every blow-in, yep. so we could we could track how those sales were going, and we tried to change those, you know, every month or two, depending on when we got to it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but then we could track those, and we would always get ton. You know, if we offered people, you know, twenty percent, thirty percent, forty percent off retail. I mean, what did we care? Right, we totally. were still making, but you know, buckets of money on it. Yep. So. Um, so we would track all of that stuff and see what was working best, you know, and on which styles and all that kind of stuff. We had a whole metric sheet going on those things. And, and then w- with same thing with the stores. And sometimes with the stores, we would experiment because we had um, sales reps and showrooms all over the country in um, L.A. and San- L.A., Dallas, Atlanta, and New York. And so we would sometimes on the store blow in, we would put all of our sales reps information um, especially like during show times and things where I'd be traveling a lot. Um, and we would want to just refer them to our showrooms and not to our office. Um, 
And, you know, and, and I would say it was probably 50, 50, you know, I would say if we, when we did those, we would get orders from our showrooms, but when we put our own contact on there, we would get probably just as many orders. Mm. Um, and it didn't really, I, I think that in the end store owners, they don't really care who's taking the order it, when they want to place it, they're just going to call whatever phone numbers on there. Yeah, exactly. You know, they just want to get it done and get it over with. Okay. Yeah. So, so then what, uh, now you mentioned Jennifer Aniston mm-hmm. and in another email, you had said something about uh, Jennifer Aniston. Now it was, it was that the situation that um, you had, you had sent these to her or did you actually, do you have another story about her? Cause I know you'd brought her up <laughs> in the past. Yeah. I have a few stories about her. Ooh, let's talk. Um, so yes, with my handbag company, um, uh, I happened, an old family friend um, actually worked on the TV show Friends. Okay. And so he ended up buying my bags and giving it to all the girls on the show for Christmas one year. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool of him. Um, I mean, this was probably like year four or five of my company. It wasn't like he did it the first year. I came, but like, you could have done this five years ago. It really would have helped me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was like, I just didn't even think of it till you, you know, till you suggested it, you know. So, you know, and you don't really often want to always take advantage of family, friends and people who, you know, are in high places. I would now. I was yeah. too afraid to then. Yeah. Um, but um, but then I've, I've, as you mentioned, I've had six companies. And after I um, closed my handbag company, which is a whole nother story about losing my investors after 9-11, I. Um, when I when I launched my second company, uh, my first company after after that was called Style Council, and I got um, a couple more products to Jennifer Aniston. Her her people were very generous in in delivering product to her, and we I was making some pajamas with this company and carrying some other people's products. It was basically kind of like um, an Etsy, <laughs> but for. Uh, that I created myself and I was carrying people's products who didn't have their own website. So I was selling their products for them. And so the way we did that was by getting press attention and driving traffic to our site. And then we would sell, you know, maybe four or five items, whatever we thought their best sellers were. So we didn't carry people's whole lines. It was just select items. And we got our pajamas to Jennifer Aniston and they put it in People Magazine in the November issue sometime in November and we sold 2000 pair and made about $130,000 nice. in, in about six weeks and in sales. And it, I've never, sh- I've never packed and shipped so much stuff in my entire life. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> it was, we did, this was like total ghetto style out of my garage. Oh my business. gosh. And we'd invite people over like, we're serving pizza and beer. Can you help us pack? That's awesome. And um, we'd be you know shipping like 250 boxes a day type of thing. And, um, and then another time with that same company, the next year, another, the year later, we got a necklace that somebody was, else was making. And we got that to Jennifer Aniston and that was in people again in November. I mean, we somehow just lucked out with these two November issues. And again, we sold around 2000 or so items of this as well. And, um, and so it was, you know, and then when I, I, the next product I made was a closet organizer for handbags that I have a patent on. And we got, we made some custom, this was when she was still married to Brad Pitt, and we made custom his and hers versions of it in leather for their closet. And so obviously nobody could, nobody had a photo of it, um, but it did get into Us Weekly and in the Buzzometer. 
And, uh, you know, we probably, we didn't sell 2,000 of them, maybe four or 500. Um, but, you know, it's, it's the power of the press with celebrities that can really change the face of a business. I mean, if you, like Haley Bob is a really big um, uh, women's, uh, like kind of tunic top brand. And as soon as they started getting their products to celebrities, I mean, I, I knew the guys that started that and they used to have this real junky line that they imported from China that they didn't design. It was just like, you know, kind of a knockoff of um, some like fancy sweatsuit lines. Yeah. And, uh, and then they somehow got onto this um, these tunic tops and like Halle Berry would show up in People Magazine like every week you know, for, for weeks on end, like new Haley Bob shirt, new Haley Bob shirt, you know, and this look at the seven days of, you know, Halle Berry and she'd have a different shirt on every single day. So she was wearing their stuff. Totally. They, of course they were probably delivering, you know, suitcases full to her Uh, house, (laughs) but, but who cares? Like the, you know what I mean? The people who live in Iowa have no idea that that's happening in LA, you know, people who are, you know, the average, you know, weekly rag reader, right. Meaning, the people magazines and us weeklies and in touch and those people they're just they just want whatever any celebrity has they don't think about the fact of how they got it you know they're not kind of in they're not in that fashion world or celebrity world and they're not thinking oh well that company just either paid them to wear it or gave it to them or you know they oh maybe they bought it in a store you know that's what they think right they no, they, people don't know any better. It's, I'm not saying that they're idiots or anything. I'm just saying that's what the commonality of the way people think in the world is. It has nothing to do with America or any specific country. That's just how people think. Right. So. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, you just mentioned something, and I really want to dive into this. The power of – because it sounds like the the, the real – and correct me if I'm wrong, but the real octane behind – your success has been understanding how to play the the power of the press with celebrity, uh, whether it's endorsements or implied endorsements, which I love. Um, I want to dive a little more into that. So what is it about a handbag that gets in the press? Like how do you get something just like a regular product? Because you know, a lot of people might be thinking, well, okay, I've got this cool idea or this design or this product and you know even myself with my with my client it's Mm -hmm. like okay so what you know what is the key to using the power of the press especially when it comes to products like this and interplaying them with celebrity can you go into that a little bit deeper sure so you know like like i mentioned a few minutes ago everybody most people i should say when i say everyone i'm talking about the general people um, the general public, right? Most people want to emulate the people they admire. Right. So, you know, if you're into cars, you know, then you're going to be, you know, wanting to be just like, you know, all the fancy car people, right? Yep. And, you know, if you're into whatever, you know, if you're into space rocket ships, then you want to be friends with Richard Branson and look like him and be like him and have an island like he does or whatever right yeah so and I mean, it's the, the same it's the same thing with clothes and accessories and home you know home decor and food and all that kind of stuff right, right. so yeah the power of celebrity endorsements totally get that like that yeah. is that's huge right the, the, and, the question is the how on the building you know getting the publicity in people yep. and yep. in the press and how do, how do you really leverage that how do you get in to make them want to cover your information your, your your story well, so by getting stuff, you know, 
you have to just know the right celebrities. Like if you read People Magazine and all those other kinds and you see the celebrities that are trending in there or the types of things that are trending, you know, it could be, I don't know, you know, people who are supporting, you know, drinking wells in Africa. So if that's what those magazines are writing about and that's what the hot trends are, then you want to find the celebrities that your target market would would relate to that are funding wells in Africa. So you have to read the news and you want to be part, you, you want to try to get to celebrities that are part of the news that's happening right now. And I, and news, news moves really quickly. And so do celebrities, right? Yeah. Somebody's in today and their history tomorrow. Yep. So you have to be willing to sort of dedicate this time and make it and really know that you're going to have to bust a move because you know, if you're going after celebrities, for example, right, the Oscars are, we're not too far off for Oscar season now, Yep. for example. So if you start looking at all the movies that are coming out, right, you can get lists of the movies that are coming out now for the rest of the year. And, you know, you're thinking, you know, I don't know, um, Angelina Jolie is, is coming out in a movie, let's say. I don't know if this is true. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, and, uh, and you think, oh, my God, my target market loves her. You know, and it would be awesome. So you can capitalize on a period in time, for example, like this, right? You can you can say, okay, I'm going to get her some product right now, or maybe you make like a tiny little evening bag or some fancy jewelry or beautiful shoes, or a, you make gowns or something she could actually even wear to the Oscars, mm-hmm. right? Um, or to one of her pre-parties or after parties or something, and. It doesn't necessarily have to be related to that. It could be anything. But if you know that somebody is is going to be in the limelight for a certain period of time, like award shows are a really long period, especially the Oscars, right, with all the awards ceremonies and the pre-things and after parties and all that, if you can think ahead and say, okay, here's the five or six actresses you know, or actors, whatever your target market is, who are going to be nominated most likely, right? And you can even find lists now that will tell you online if you Google like most likely nominated for an Oscar, there's people who are predicting all this stuff now. Yeah, totally. And so you can go ahead and and actually sort of get on the, you know, get on the bandwagon, kind of like, you know, the precogs in Minority Report, Mm -hmm. right? And you can say, all right, these five women have a really good chance of getting nominated. So I'm going to get them product right now. Before yeah, they before they become the most popular. Exactly. Yeah, you're on the cutting edge of the trend. Cutting edge, right. And you're getting in before it's popular. So that's one way that you could, that, that's just like sort of an, a current example of how you could do something like that. And then if you can get them the product right now, then at least you've got that in and you can say, you know, you can sit on it. I wouldn't sit on it for too long because again, you know, stuff with celebrities, it's here today, gone tomorrow. So you'd want to be able to say, you know, that this person has your product and then hopefully you could time it, right? With, if you do it now and let's say their movie's coming out next month, you've got a little bit of time because it could be two or three weeks before their handler gets it to them or it can get you an answer, you know, saying just because they get it on Tuesday doesn't mean they're going to give it to the person on Tuesday. It might not be for three weeks, you know. Like a client of mine who I helped get stuff to Sandra Bullock, 
they only give her stuff on the first of the month. They get, send her like some huge box every month. So you know, so <laughs> she's got a she's got a fun. I'm sure she looks forward to the first. Yeah, of the month. exactly. Woohoo! And it's like Christmas every month. And so that's crazy. Um, so you so you just don't know what the situation is from from celebrity to celebrity, you know. And um, and so, but being able to try to time it as closely as you can to whatever the big news is that's happening, right? Okay. It's like you know, if you're reading, if you're if you know, if you're in the baby business and you know that these forty celebrities are pregnant and are all gonna, you know, you can pretty much find out when their due dates are. You can start sending them stuff, you know, like a couple weeks before the baby's born, because most likely they know what the sex is, because yep. they usually talk about it on, you know, everywhere. And so you can get stuff to them prior to that, you know, so that before everybody else is sending them presents after the baby is born. And, and so, you know, again, because by the time, you know, if you send it a couple weeks before, by the time you actually get acknowledgement that they received it, the baby's probably been born. And then you can say, here's a picture of the mommy and the baby. And here's what I gave them, you know, so you can use those kinds of things to your advantage. So in in order to get that into the press, do you just yep. simply use a press release for that or do you go directly I'm to not, editors? Or? Yeah, I go directly to editors. I'm not that big on press releases. Right. Um, yeah, they get, they get... They get lost. Yeah. And, um, and, so, and also, the more that you know about an editor, right, if you know that this editor always does this specific column, you know, you want to try to make friends with them because they get probably like a thousand emails a day and your stuff can get lost, you know. Um, I, don't, I don't advise sending packages unsolicited to editors a lot of times they just will you know somebody will open it up they'll look at it for a second and if it doesn't relate or have anything to do with what they're currently writing about or looking for it kind of gets thrown in this closet where people can just like take stuff for free and you know whatever people want to do with it and it just gets lost in the shuffle so if they're expecting something from you and you've made an agreement to ship it to them that's a better way to do it yeah. Um, and and also, editors want to know that you know they want you to pitch on Target. So if you're just like, oh hey, you know I make baby clothes, and they're like, why are you sending me this? I don't <laughs> even write about baby stuff. Yeah. You know they're gonna be like uh, blacklist this person and just never look at your emails again. Right. So the more you can, com- you know, they want to be complimented too. They're just people just like we are, right? And they're always looking for their next bread slicer, right? Yep. Everyone's always looking. Store buyers are, you know, and celebrities are, and, and editors and all kind of journalists. And anybody who has to write about something is looking for their bread slicer because that's going to put them on the map. So, you know, they're not necessarily going to disregard things that you send. But if you can even just send them an email, not pitching your own stuff, but trying to recreate a relationship with them by hey, you know, I saw your, I just caught up on my magazines and I saw these three articles that you did on XYZ and I just thought they were great and, you know, just wanted to tell you that I really enjoy reading your column. Yeah, a little bit of flattery will get you everywhere. Yeah, and And even if you mail them a letter, like hand write a letter and send it to them, just purely telling them how awesome you think they are, it goes a long way. It really does and offering insight if they uh, you know something they can add to like hey I noticed you covered XYZ like I so I've done this more in the business area I know some decent business editors etc so I'll do exactly what you said my process is you know start off just a little bit of flattery and then maybe on the next one offer a little insight hey I loved what you wrote about um, you know maybe we'll use an example for let's just say the, the Steve Schaefer who Forbes staff who wrote about why Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary is betting on women. 
So, for instance, if I had already reached out to Steve and said something that was uh, flattery, I mean, I really like your article on this, what you know, and, and that one as well. I'm a big fan of your work. Keep it up. And then the next time I write one, saying, "Hey, I, you know, regarding that thing that you talked about with women, here's here maybe here's a statistic you didn't know, or here's something that you're bringing extra stuff to their attention, and it just shows that a yes, you are paying attention to what they're writing, and that b you're offering them value, even if they totally. never use it. It goes yeah. a long way. So I love what you're saying. I've kind of done that in another area, but um, let me ask you this. So. Aside from those pesky ethics, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> what <laughs> keeps you know, yeah, what keeps people maybe nothing but from just saying at any point, okay, I've just sent this to uh, Jennifer Aniston's or Sandra Bullock's agent, and I could care less when the agent gives it to him or or whatever. What keeps me from just telling the editors, hey, Jennifer Aniston has my product? Like, well, first of all, she doesn't if her agent has it, right? So it's really a question of personal integrity. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That, you know. Aside from those ethics, I yeah. mean, people can do this. It's not. I, I sure. always recommend that you, you know, adhere to ethics and you know. Yeah, I mean, the other thing too is if magazine editors get wind yeah. or figure out that you've done that, they Maybe will never write about you. <laughs> or if they do write about you, you're not going to like what they write. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So there is you a know, such or, thing. As bad or publicity. or you can get a letter from the actors' people saying, you know, you're you're giving this information. We never gave that to her and now you're saying she has it and you're a liar. Right. So you do know? you ever do you ever really know if if and when that person received it? Well, if you if you have a rapport with their gatekeeper, mm-hmm. then then you know, they'll say to you, "We just gave it to her or she's coming into the office tomorrow and we're going to give it to her then or, you know, and then even if they say we're going to give it to her, I would always call back or email and say, hey, you know, did she come in for her meeting? Did you happen to give her my stuff? Yeah. And as soon as they say, yep, we gave it to her, I'm like, okay, she has it. So, so how you know? do you gain rapport with a gatekeeper if you don't come from a career in Hollywood? Oh, gosh, you don't might Like my, my client who got her stuff to Sandra Bullock lives in Massachusetts. Okay. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and, and it, it's really how you handle yourself with them. You know, like if you can afford with, you know, financially to offer them something from your line as well, that okay. can build you a lot of free goodwill. Um, and, you know, or you don't have to offer them the most expensive thing. You know, hey, we'd love to give you a pair of earrings. You know, would you like to choose something? Not, you know, it's not like you have to offer them the diamond necklace. Right. How do, so, how do you even find their handler? I mean, is it relatively a, public? Yeah, there's a website called contactanycelebrity.com. Yeah, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, and uh, actually on my blog, too, I have an interview with the owner. Oh, nice. I'll have to listen to that. Check that out. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, Jordan, his name's Jordan McCauley, and he's a really cool guy, and he's built this huge site, and they have, like, I don't know, sixty or 70,000 celebrities in there. And the reason I particularly like that one over other ones is that if you should send something to someone and it gets returned to you for like a, a bad address, um, you just email them, they'll get you the new address, and then they'll send you a new shipping label or they'll, they'll refund you for whatever your label cost was. Nice. So you yes. interviewed Jordan and that's on your website, entrepreneur.com? Uh-huh. Cool. It's on, the, yeah, it's on my blog. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do, uh, by the way, one of the things I'm going to ask, if, if it's possible to do an introduction to Jordan, I would love to have him on my show as well. Sure. Cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, okay. Excellent. So, see, I love the fact that this is the kind of stuff that I don't often cover in um, in the show, which is like the 
kind of the the real world relation. I, I do cover this stuff, but it's how to build those really high leverage relationships yeah. that other people look past. It's not you're not just buying ads and media and, and all this other stuff. You're getting into those big influencers and those big yeah. leverage points. Uh, question about just kind of sidetracking because my brain went there, but. How do you feel about like the whole world of sponsored tweets and sponsored shout outs and mentions? Have you used that a lot? Have you seen um, um, results? I've, yeah, I've done like Facebook ads, but yeah. other than that, I well, haven't really experienced Well, when I mean when I mean that, not ads, so – and you may not even know that you could do this or not. And I don't know how effective it is, but I know that there's a lot of celebrities who put – you know, will do sponsored tweets, for instance. So yeah. you can spend uh, – X amount of money. I don't even know what it is. It might be like five thousand, ten thousand, yeah. depending on who they are, and get like Kim Kardashian or somebody to do a little yeah. shout out ad about. Oh, I love the, the these. The, bags. the reason that I don't believe in those mm-hmm. um, is well, a you can get your stuff to celebrity for free, right? If you, if you follow all of my rules, and probably a lot them. cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> too, than you know, paying five grand just to right. get somebody to do a little tweet. And, that, and the thing is, is that if it's one tweet. How, how many lost. people do you think are going to find it? Yeah. yeah. So that that's my big problem with stuff like that. Like if 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 you could pay someone to put something on their website homepage, that's a different story. That's a different story. But again, you know, like I, nobody I know who likes a celebrity ever goes to their homepage. They're just looking for yeah. like random things on Pop Sugar or whatever website they subscribe to that's going to send them some celebrity updates on things that they want to read and hear or they look at the cover of people magazine at the grocery store chain you know it so i think that those kind of sponsored tweets and all that stuff can just get lost too easily yeah i do too and i i've never done them i've never used them but yeah i mean unless you've got a really really deep budget one of those big corporate marketing budgets and you're just you've got to spend it yeah maybe the Uh, the other thing i was going to say based along those lines too is what it also can be um, compared to is um, when when people do uh, like celebrity gift baskets, yep, or gift or gifting suites, and I don't believe in those either because those those are also five and ten thousand and more. Some are fifty thousand dollars, and and the thing is, wait, is, is that I, when you include your product in? Yes, or you or like people like especially now because the, the Oscars coming up, oh, people yeah. will be saying you know hey get in the Oscars you know cele- celebrity gifting suite meaning that you like go to this hotel room and you set you get a table and you set your stuff up and then some people shuffle certain celebrities through and then they stop and you know maybe there's one of those you know like photo booths where there's like the you know the um, the logo backdrop, right? That'll say such and such celebrity or Oscar celebrity gifting suite or something like that. And you get a photo of the celebrity in front of that um, marquee, showing and proving that that's you know that that this celebrity attended this particular thing. And here's a picture of them holding up your candle or whatever. Right. And but then the magazines are the only the only people that care about that. I mean, you could use it to. You know, maybe market online if your people weren't that savvy. But the problem is, is everybody knows that you paid to be in those places. It, yeah, it doesn't carry nearly as much weight. <laughs> no, and it just you know, kind of loses the whole cachet of it. You know. Yeah, and j- just to kind of rabbit trail over here, like on the exact same thing. There's a lot of people in the world of, um, oh, like I, I guess in the world of internet marketing, for instance, and mm-hmm. uh, and just really in other folks who try to. Um, 
build up their social credibility, you know, having their pictures taken with, you know, other leaders in their niche or their market. And it always cracks me up when I see people like in the post this all over the website. It's like they're standing next to another celebrity and they're both guru, whatever. And they're both wearing their name badges from a conference. And maybe they're standing in front of the conference like that, you know, the little, um, the background right, wallpaper the or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like that carries no weight. You met yeah. somebody at a conference. You said, can we snap a quick picture? You're, you're not having, you're not sitting down having coffee with the person. You're right, not, it's not exactly. like a random uh, Snapchat. So I said Snapchat. I don't even use that, yeah. but <laughs> random snapshot. If a millennial of you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, and I'm not, I'm an Xer. I'm not a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, okay. uh, the, that, that, that's always kind of made me laugh. And I, I, on purpose, by the way, if I do meet somebody at a at an event and I'm shaking their hand, hey, let's get a quick picture. I, especially if they don't have their name tag on, I take my name tag off. Sure. And I just kind of make it look somewhat, somewhat random or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It makes a world of difference in my opinion because otherwise I'm like, eh, yeah, you met that guy at a conference. <laughs> Big totally. deal. Yeah. Anyway, that being yeah. said, one, so give me an example of one of the angles that okay you've you've sent the product to sandra bullock or jennifer aniston's agent mm-hmm. you're pretty sure that they've gotten it now are you pitching this to the uh to the editor or you know, publicity person in order to get the coverage online or in the magazine and what kind of coverage can you typically expect like what's the best coverage you've had will they i mean they won't write an entire article about no but they could like for instance, when I was in People Magazine, we were in the Style Watch okay. section, which is sort of the coveted, you know, what celebrities are wearing or doing now. And 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 then in the in you in Us Weekly, you know, getting in the buzzometer is yep. kind of that's their version of Style Watch. Um, and you know, and it could you know sometimes they're just doing those pictures like celebrities out and about, okay. you know, so maybe they catch a picture of even of a celebrity, you know. I, uh, another client of mine, she sent a T-shirt to Angelina Jolie's daughter Shiloh, and it took about nine months. She <laughs> never heard from them. Like she just was like, "This little girl dresses like boys. I make these boys T-shirts," and um, she just sent them. You know, sent them two or three shirts. Never heard another word, and was like, "Oh well." You know, nobody ever got back to her. It was you know, kind of. It wasn't like any kind of picture perfect scenario. And then nine months later. They were out on a family outing in London somewhere and got photographed and she was wearing the shirt and it was in every single, no way. every week it was in another magazine and she probably did about 50,000 in sales on her site. Just from that. really from that. So, yeah. and people are, yeah. So I guess the site's mentioning it or they, are they usually giving a shout out to where they bought it or? No, that usually they'll say like, I think it said Shiloh wearing a fat tie t-shirt, t-shirt or something. Okay. You know, so they mention the name of her company, but they don't necessarily mention the website. Yeah. So people will go, yeah, but people will love it. They'll go yeah. look. Um, so what if it, can, can I ask you a selfish question? Sure. Cool. So <laughs> as, you know, as I, as I mentioned. Anything. Yeah, yeah. good. So as I mentioned earlier, one of the, um, one of the big product launches I'm working on is a consumable. So it's a little bit different than fashion. It's marketed towards women. It's fashionable. But do you see any – because the first thing that comes to my mind is if we send a consumable product to get celebrity endorsement, like I can't imagine many consume like celebrities going, oh, yeah, let me just ingest this into my body because who knows who it's from. Um, do you see complications arising 
when it's a consumable product, whether it's a drink or a food or something of that nature, versus um, fashion? I, you know, I think it would depend on the person. You know, I mean, if you were going to send it to Gwyneth Paltrow and it didn't have, like, you know, the guru certification that it was edible, yeah, you know, something like or whatever her rules are. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And well, then again, they don't have to consume it in order to get the benefit of the press, right? No, they don't yeah. for you. But you also, you know, like, they're people... Like if it, I don't know, right? Yours is some kind of food consumable food item, right? So let's just pretend it's chocolate. Okay. So let's say, you know, you're like, oh my God, I've got to get it to this, you know, to this celebrity and, but they don't like chocolate. Yeah. Right? So, They're not even, yeah. The, the, yeah. And, and maybe you, it's going to be hard to find that out. You know what I mean? Like you can Google celebrities who like chocolate and there's going to be articles and little dibbles and dabbles around the internet of celebrities that like chocolate. But you also, the, the this is the most important thing, which we haven't really emphasized, is it has to be a celebrity that your target market is going to fall apart over. Right. So if you say to me, I love Angelina Jolie and she's my favorite actress, but your target market doesn't like her, then right. you don't like her anymore either. Yep. So it, so that's a really important factor. So, you know, if people are Googling like celebrities who are pregnant or celebrities who like chocolate or celebrities who eat sushi or whatever, or wear handbags or big bold jewelry or whatever it is, you have to then look at the list of the people who show up on this internet search and it may, you may only be able to choose four people, you know, who, who you can readily find, you know, available in a Google search that are attracted to, are going to be attractive to your target market. That's a very good point. Yeah. yeah and, you know, going after the right person, like if you're, if you're marketing something to an older demographic and you go after Kylie Jenner, it might not work. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so it's looking at all of those things, you know, who, that are going to speak because, because, if you, like I was saying, if you like Angelina Jolie and your customer doesn't, if she shows up in a magazine with your product or eating your food or whatever, no one's going to care. Yeah. You know, very few people are. The, you know, there'll be some people, obviously, who do, but you're, the majority of your target market's going to just be like, whatever, next. Yeah. Now, is, is, this, is the press and using celebrities, is it one of the most leverageable or... Uh, you know, effective strategies you and your clients have used, or is there something else you're holding out on me with? No, this is the most effective. Nice. And one other thing I wanted to say too about you know what you were just asking is sometimes, especially with a food item or consume some kind of consumable, you know, even if it's a candle, because sometimes you know there's going to be people who only want to burn you know soy based candles, and maybe they're not going to 100 percent believe that yours is soy based if it doesn't if somebody hasn't endorsed it already. And when I say endorse, I don't mean paid endorsement, but like let's say you tried to get some press, you could get some actual physical media press for yourself first. Okay. Then you can go kind of go back to that whole blow in idea, right? And you can put a couple pieces of press on a piece of paper. And, and then write, put that in a note to the celebrity saying, you know, just so you can see, basically, you're saying we've mm. been accepted by the public socially and here's some social proof that we've, you know, here's some blog reviews or here's some, you know, our mention in, in whatever magazine yep. or here we were part of a roundup for holiday gift guide or something. Yeah, that's that third party endorsement. Like, okay, yeah. these, this isn't just some nut, nut bag sending me uh, <laughs> Then you're going to die of a poison apple. Right? Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, well, people are covered this or somebody else covered this. Exactly. By the way, just to um, go down this rabbit trail, so you mentioned uh, candles. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one of my close friends, former guest on the show, Adam Lyons, just yesterday showed me uh, a business. He's like, this is amazing. He's like, my girlfriend is going nuts over this. He's like, and I think it's some brilliant marketing, but it's these, have you heard of these jewel, like candles with jewelry inside them? I think I just saw something about that in a so, magazine. Okay, so there's one that I Googled. Well, there's two of them. One has a really ugly website. I think it's like jewelrycandles.com. But the one I just found, which I love their site, is called jewelscent.com. Mm-hmm. And I'll give them a free little plug just because I like their marketing and you know this is kind of your area of expertise as well. But um, they have these candles, all these different scented candles, and the whole promise is there is a like a ring worth anywhere between – $10 to $7,500 hidden in each candle. And it's wrapped in foil, so once it... There you are. Yep. Oh, I couldn't hear you. Oh, you couldn't hear me? No. Oh, what's the last thing you heard? I'll repeat. Uh, to go to the Jewel Scent site. Okay, and let me also... I'm just going to double-check where I am in the recording because I may want to kind of come back here and edit this out. But let me see. That is uh, okay. Okay, yeah. So the jewel site, uh, yep. jewelscent.com. There may be. Yep. I know there's other companies, but in general, yeah, what they what they're doing is they, they've got a. The promise is, well, we've got a, like a ring that is anywhere valued from ten dollars up to seventy five hundred dollars, maybe like a diamond ring, hidden in these candles or wow. these aroma beads or soaps or whatever. But like in the candles, you have to burn it, and once it gets down to I don't know, maybe halfway through or all the way through, the little foil package reveals itself. You pull it out, and there's a, it may be costume jewelry or it may be like a real gem worth seventy five hundred dollars. Wow! So Adam, Clever. my buddy, was telling me last <laughs> night. He's like, we've gone through like thirty of these candles. She's addicted to them. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, that really is genius because mm-hmm. you, you actually are. What I love about this is you are encouraging people to consume your product as fast as possible. Well, it's like the golden ticket. Yes, it's exactly Willy like Wonka, the Cracker Jack box, all of mm-hmm. that other stuff. So I, I, I just I found this last night and I just started laughing. I'm like, that is brilliant. Yeah, I love it. So have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, I gotta just start throwing prizes in everything we sell, right? Like yeah. one of these. <laughs> exactly. And here, here's what else I love: jewels valued ten to seventy five hundred dollars. Now that's like retail value. So the real value could be a dollar, right. like the cost. Totally. You know, I love that though. It's yeah, absolutely brilliant marketing. He says, by the way, every ring she's gotten has been ten dollars. <laughs> the cheap ones. Um, and little does she know that the $7,500 one is over in Dubai. Exactly. (laughs) Bingo. So, uh, changing gears here a little bit, entrepreneur.com looks like you have a ton of cool, um, resources for women specifically who are trying to launch and, you know, whether they've just got an idea or grow their business. I don't want to kind of come back to this and how you, how you work with them, how you coach Mm -hmm. them and the services. But I also stumbled across a little link Little linky poo on your website called Instantly Famous Products. Yep. And I was like, that looks interesting. Yeah. So uh, explain me more about this one. Mm-hmm. So what it is, it's a totally free service that we offer. So anybody can just go sign up. Um, so we offer a service to, to connect you to editors or subscription boxes or um, TV shows or movies, you know, costume designers, um, and uh, even retail stores that are looking for new product lines. And so we get um, requests from people usually a few times a month. Sometimes it could be more. Um, and we just send out um, 
an email to everybody who's on that mailing list and with with whatever the required product is and you know some will be right for you and some won't and you just apply for what is and we have some special proprietary software that allows you to upload four images plus all your contact information and then it generates a special uh, page for the request whoever the requester is and we send it to them and then they take a look at all the photos and the descriptions and they just contact whoever they want directly cool so this would yeah. be a this would be a good idea for the product that I'm working with right exactly and nice. if you have a consumable I know yep. a few sub- subscription box people who would probably be interested in it yeah. that is definitely on the launch plan so yeah. that is really cool yeah so that is is it I've already opted in, so I, don't, I might not be on the main one. That's is it instantlyfamousproducts.com or yep, cool? yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, so I signed up for that. That looks really interesting. I love kind of that that stuff. I mean, we right now we live in a. Well, by the way, how do you make money on that? Um, I don't. Okay, it's just a freebie that I offer. Nice. <laughs> this helps build your brand and your yeah, and gives value. That's huge. Exactly. You know, we are more than like. We've never seen a time like the. the I'm going to do another podcast episode on this. The connection economy. Mm-hmm. How fortunes are being made and just connecting people um, yeah. just like this like it's kind of interesting that the biggest cab company in the world owns no cars and employs no drivers uh-huh. you know that the biggest uh, hotel company <laughs> you could call it a hotel company the biggest uh, hospitality room company owns yep. no hotels Airbnb right. yep. stuff like that you know the biggest you know retailer has no shelf space exactly so they, they got a bunch of warehouses but other than that yeah but no yeah no retail shelf space <laughs> right. I mean be interesting if we start, start to see amazing. Amazon stores, but I doubt we will. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, okay, so now back to uh, back to Entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Tell me about so obviously your your key demographic is is women, though. Just from talking to us, you you can help a guy as well. Oh, totally. As long as they're not intimidated by the name of my company, <laughs> exactly. I can help anybody. <laughs> I'm an Entrepreneur girl. Yeah, that's right. Um, so t- tell me about the uh, either some successful clients that represent the kind of people you really love to work yeah that's instead of who are you looking to work with tell me about a couple of like clients that you love working with and you just wish you could duplicate that kind of person yeah um i am really into super ambitious people (laughs) nice um because i'm a really ambitious person and so i find that i work best with people who are really serious about growing their company and who, you know, who really want to do what it takes to get there, you know, and having a, your own business is really tough. Oh, and yeah. I think a lot of people, have, you know, get stuck in that misconception of, and I know I did when I first started to be an entrepreneur, I was like, I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going <laughs> to have leisurely lunches oh. and like do things at my own schedule, and my own pace. And I was like, could I have been wrong, more wrong? It's all yeah. glamour and fun and yachts and exactly, private right. airplanes, in right? Your, it, right, in your uh, vivid imagination. The nice um, part is there's no stress to be an entrepreneur. Oh, totally, yeah. Never. Zero. <laughs> Zero. You know, the money just falls off trees in my backyard all day long. <laughs> um, and that's kind of literally what I thought it was sort of like. And not that the money would fall off a tree, but that... I would really be sort of the master of my own time and universe, and you are, but it really depends on how hard you're willing to work for how much money you can make. Yeah, you, re- you realize when you become an entrepreneur that you've got the hardest driving boss in the business. Exactly, yeah, and you worked eight hours a day. Or you don't have a, a business. <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> right. If you worked eight hours a day and you were tired, now you're going to be working 16 or 20. So, um, 
So I, I find that the people who are most mo- like super motivated get the most out of working with me because I'm so highly motivated and I am an idea machine and I will come up with, you know, like, like you do and what we, you and I've talked about in the past is when that you can see for people in their business what they can't see for themselves. And it's like blatantly obvious to you the next 10 steps that somebody should do. And they're just, you know, they're sucking on their thumb and you've already graduated high school, you know, and, yeah. and so, you know, and you're like, here's your list of 20 things and you got to do these things if you want to make this kind of money this, you know, in the next six months or three, whatever the goal is, you know, and they're like, glaze over. Okay. You know, and you're like, well, if you can't do that, let's find the people who can, you know, I can do part of it for you as our part of my contract, you know, let's hire all these jobs out. Let's get all these people doing these little things that either you can't do or don't want to do or hate to do or are bad at, you know, it's like when you're in, when you're selling products, you have to be, you have to be able to sell. And because if you don't make sales, you make no money. And a lot of people are really afraid to sell and they yeah. don't know what to say and they get flustered and frustrated and, you know, they, they get a couple of no's and then they give up for a couple of weeks, you know, and it's like, okay, you got to know, right. Let's keep going until you get a yes today, you know, and then you get a yes and celebrate it. And then, you know, I, I often say to people like, think of when you do get a yes, think about what that felt like and what you felt like in that conversation that got you to the yes. And just try to keep emulating that and repeat it, rinse and repeat over and over again. Because if you're, you, cl- you clearly come from a place of power when you get the yes, you know, you're talking however you're speaking about your product or describing it or whatever you're telling them got them to yes. And so if you can just keep rinse and repeating that, you're going to get way more yeses than no's when you're coming from that kind of scared, you know, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm afraid they're going to say no kind of attitude is going to usually get you the no. Um, so that, I, try to, I try to help people get to that point and I give them a lot of different ideas of, you know, how to approach stores and how to talk to them and what to say. And, you know, we do tons of like, temp- I have bazillions of templates and this is what you're going to say to people and, you know, that didn't work. Okay, let's try this tactic and let's, you know, let me hear your elevator pitch and, you know. Um, it's got to be more about why your product is going to help the customer rather. They're not really interested in why you developed it or how, how, yeah. how it came to be. They're not interested in your backstory. They're not interested in you is right. what can you do for them and their exactly. customers. Right. And if you can do something for their customers, that does a hell of a lot for them. Exactly. So. Right. And that kind of goes back to the blow-ins too. You yeah. know, like when you can say if you're in a store – and even if your sales aren't as great as, you know, or as, as good as you want them to be, by, sh- by sending them, you know, laminated pieces of press you got or some, you know, picture of a celebrity with your, you know, with your product or whatever you can do to help enhance the, the shopper's experience is going to help the store sell more of your products too. Right, exactly. You know, and it's, what's cool is it sounds like you work with people who've already got the product, they're making money, they're an existing business and they just want to get a lot more or am I right? Like people who have an idea. Uh, I'd say it's 50, 50. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it it waxes and wanes, you know, sometimes I'll have a whole slew of people who are like, Hey, I want to invent my, my bread slicer. And then the other people are, Hey, I've invented it, but I, it's sitting in my garage and I have no idea how to market or sell it. Yeah. Or I'm marketing and selling it. I want more. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. Yeah. Well, this is great. So if if any of my lovely lady bacon ladies out there yeah. <laughs> have uh, are, are listening to this and like 
you know, Sarah is my type of woman and I want to work with her, find out more information, et cetera, is the best place to go is entrepreneur.com or is there, yeah. okay, and yeah, once they're there, what's the first thing they should do once they're on Entrepreneur? Um, probably in the lower left-hand corner, they can sign up for my, um, it's, I have a, a free, um, a free document that'll be emailed to you on how to get your products to buyers mm-hmm. and that'll get you on my mailing list and, and then you can, well, yeah, I'm we'll sign up for that. Send. That looks good. Yeah, it's good. Um, and, uh, and then we just, you know, say, and then if you want, get on the instantly famous list as well. That's a separate list that you have to sign up for. Um, I'm on that one too. Yeah, I know you are. Uh, and, did you see it come uh, through? <laughs> no, I am not looking at my, email. Oh, I told you though. Yeah. <laughs> but you told me you registered and, um, and and then you know and then you can peruse the services tab um, and see if there's anything up there you know and feel free to email me or you know absolutely PM me on Facebook or whatever cool and uh, and I and I also wanted to um, let your readers know I mean, your listeners know that if there is anybody who actually has a product based company um, already established I, I actually have a, a private Facebook group. Ooh. That's invite only, and so if they're interested in that, they can um, get you know send me a message through Facebook or something, and I'll I'll check out their website and maybe invite them to join the group. Beautiful, <laughs> and it's a it's a free group. Um, I'm just being pretty selective on yeah. who's in it because just... you know we really help each other in there a lot, and everybody's very um, forthcoming with information and really wants to really wants to build their business. They're all super motivated people. That's great. I'd love an yeah. invite. Okay, I'm going to invite you. Boom. I don't yeah. even know if we're Facebook friends yet. We got to be. I know. Well, we have to be. We have to. So. Um, okay, two two last questions. Yeah. I like to ask these of everybody. But one, who do you turn to? Is there anybody you turn to, uh, not just family or whatever, but when you're stuck? Are there any mentors, people that you really, uh, is your go-to person, group, whether maybe it's yeah. just a friend, maybe it's a mentor, maybe it's a coach. Because one of the things I've found is that all the best business people we all have, we all have coaches, mentors, and people mm-hmm. like that. Oh heck yeah! I actually have my oldest and dearest friend is actually an author, a mentor to me, and she's a coach. Nice. <laughs> so, so I kind of get the benefit of all of that. Um, yeah, she, her name's Jen Sincero, and she wrote a book called "You Are a Badass." Huh, I like it. And you should have her on your show. Yeah, make the um, intro. And um, but anyway, she's my go-to. Per- we kind of are each other's go-to people. Um, and but she's she's the she's actually the person who encouraged me to start Entrepreneur in the in the beginning. Oh, awesome! Um, told me that I should up up my game and that people would actually pay me to teach them how to do all this stuff, which I thought sounded so ridiculous at the time. And um, But then she's like, all these other people are being life coaches, and I think I'm going to be one too. Mm-hmm. And so, And I was like, oh, fine, then I'm going to be a coach too. There you go. <laughs> and, um, and so, uh, and we both worked with the same mentor at the time to help us launch our coaching companies. <coughs> but then she's gone on to write this amazing gigantic bestseller she's on the new york times bestseller list now and um so she's the person that i go to when i need some advice beautiful i love it yeah no i'd I'd love the intro that that would be fantastic also that intro to what's his name jordan the person from yeah i would love that he'd be uh, i think he'd be a really fun um interview and i'll listen to the one on yours um i will absolutely be back in contact with you and I, I think there, there may be some work we can do 
you know, together in one way or yeah. another, especially with the um, some of the new ventures that, you know, I'm working with. And I think some of your expertise would be uh, invaluable. So uh, look forward to kind of catching back up with you on that once once that's ready. But um, is there anybody else I can introduce you to? I don't know. I'll think about it. I'll send, you, I'll send you an email. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like if there's anybody you're looking like, whether, whoops, whether it's anybody else who's been on my show, whether it's people in different fields that you're trying to break into uh, or whatnot, I, um, I'm i happy to make int- any introductions. I take pride in my little Rolodex and I, okay. I so take real I. good care of it. So, um, <laughs> and this has, been, this has been great. It's been a, a real pleasure. You know, it, what's funny is usually most of the guests, I'd say 90% of the guests who've been on my show have been people that I've reached out directly to. And quite often I get emails from people who either A, want to be on the show, and sometimes I accept and sometimes I'm like, meh. Like, if I don't want to sit down and have coffee with you, yeah, I probably don't want you on my show because I'll be bored. I don't, I don't need the content just to have content. Um, but A, I've really enjoyed this. I'm so happy that you reached out to me and this has been so worthwhile uh really really enjoyed it and i think you really brought the heat uh second of all i want to because i was actually having this conversation with somebody else who has got a podcast earlier today when i was having breakfast and he's hired somebody to find himself like to, to you know to go do show bookings for him he's like yeah he's not doing that good and i was like you know the best ones are the ones who reach out for themselves yeah to be on the show because a this is you know it's way easier to ignore your assistant who's like or or the person you've hired to get you booked yeah you know if i got an email saying hey this is uh you know sally johnson with uh you know podcast connections i I think that might be a company i don't know but whatever sometimes they bring some good ones but sometimes not the the thing is it's way easier to ignore that person Mm -hmm. and say no than Mm -hmm. it is if if you reach out to me directly and say, hey, look, listen, I, I I think I'd be a good fit for your show. Now, granted, there are some people, if you're listening to this, if you email me, you're like, hey, I think I'd be a good fit for your show. A, you better know why. And I, I, I try not to be a, you know, a jerk, but I, I don't have time to talk to everybody. But well, yeah. you did a great job of A, making that introduction, B, doing it in person, and then C, bringing the heat. So thank you very much, Sarah. <laughs> sure. This was fun. Yeah, I agree. So, ladies and gentlemen listening to the show, do yourself a big favor and go check out entrepreneur.com. And as you can hear, it's not just for women. I mean, celebrity endorsements and using the power of the press and publicity are huge. And I've not, I don't think I've talked to anybody who seems to have it as, um, you know, concisely figured out as you do, Sarah. So um, whether you're a man or a woman, I think there's a lot you can learn both from this podcast and from some of the work that uh, Sarah's doing over at entrepreneur.com. So do yourself a favor, go check it out. While you're checking it out, go to baconratbusiness.com forward slash iTunes and uh, leave a review for the show if you like it. Uh, climb in the reviews, always climb in the listeners. Um, we've got uh, every single... Every single episode gets more and more uh, listeners every time, and that's thanks to you guys. Also, if you're listening to this, whether it's on the website or something else, and you're not a subscriber, especially if you're on iTunes or you know the iPhone, click that subscribe button so that you don't miss any. And if you have any questions about your business, strategies, other guests that you want to see, 
email me directly at askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com. I'd love to hear from you. I get emails all the time, but eh, quite frankly, not enough. I love listening to the people who listen to me. That said, look forward to the next episode, and I look forward to connecting with you again, Sarah. Thank you very, very much. Awesome. Have a great day. You too.